Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Here in WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. Back here on Thursdays for the first time in two weeks. Also back with Mr. Marisova for the first time in two weeks as well. RJ, brother, I've missed you. What's going on? What's going on, man? Seriously, I haven't talked to you in like two weeks now. <laughs> no, it's been a crazy schedule. I know we were going to record last week. I fucked up the time on you, so that was my bad, but we couldn't have you on last week. You're back this week, and then you're going to be gone again next week because you're actually going to Disney World after I just got back from Disneyland. So we're going to have a lot of Disney talk when I see you in a couple of weeks for uh, Survivor Series weekend. Yeah, I can't wait. I know I'll be at Disney next week. I mean, depending on the it's, it, I think I looked at it. It might be rainy that day, so maybe I'll be in the hotel room. Maybe I can... Call GSM up and get a, a restaurant <laughs> in Mexico. I'm all, I would love that. Could you imagine doing recording whatever day that we record? If we were to record next week together, you calling me up to do the show from Orlando while you're on your honeymoon? That would be epic. Why not? <laughs> hey, co- What'd you say? A little time away won't hurt her. <laughs> Co-host of the year right there. A little, a little, just 60 minutes away to talk some wrestling wouldn't hurt anyone, but uh, we do have some wrestling to talk here today uh, between Dynamite on Wednesday. We'll start with that, um, which we, which was last night, of course. A somewhat newsworthy show, maybe not for the best reasons, uh, certainly not the strongest show they've done in recent memory. We'll get into that. Um, in addition, some thoughts on Raw from Monday before getting in Crown Jewel on Saturday, uh, the latest Saudi Arabia show coming up on Saturday. I know there's some you know, not maybe worry, but rather concern legitimately that there might be like an, another Iranian attack or whatever, a threat of that. Um, I think, well, I think they'll be fine, but obviously it is a pretty scary situation. I feel like they run into controversy more often than not when they go to Saudi between the 2019 show and the flight being stranded there. And the 2018 show was around the time of the, uh, the journalist being killed and whatnot. So these shows are like, you know, clouded with controversy, but I think they'll be fine. WWE, the way they work, Triple H, Vince, doesn't matter. I think the show goes on regardless. Uh, it's going to be happening at noon on Saturday. So we'll talk you know, all about that, preview that show, do predictions in a little while. But like I said, we'll start with Dynamite from last night because it's still on the uh, fresh on the mind from last night. A somewhat newsworthy show, maybe not for the greatest reasons, as I mentioned, uh, between the returns and debuts and whatnot of Jeff Jarrett, uh, you know, coming in from WWE, also a GCW legend, main event of Ric Flair's last match a few weeks ago, or a few months ago, rather, making his AEW debut with the return of uh, Katsuyori Shibata from New Japan, which I thought was cool. We'll get into that momentarily, as well as the return of Colt Cabana to challenge Jericho for the Ring of Honor World Championship. What were your overall takeaways from the show, Mr. Marceau, on Wednesday? Um, I thought, it, I mean, I saw this on the internet as well on Twitter. I mean, I thought it was probably one of their weaker shows in a while. I mean, it just wasn't really newsworthy. I mean, the matches on there were like fine to okay. The returns were just eh, for my liking. I mean, no MJF on the show. That's usually a, that's usually a notch down in my book. Um, just, I don't know. Just like you said, there were a couple like news, like either debuts or surprises, but none of them really hit home. Like, 
I, I, I mean, Jeff Jarrett, I mean, I, we talked about this before we got on the, on, on the actual call, but I think, like, as a backstage guy, like, yeah, obviously he's worked for a ton of companies. He owned TNA at one point, like Global Force, all those companies. He just got – he just left WWE in probably a similar role. So it's like, yeah, backstage, yeah, he probably is a good person to have. But, like, clearly he's going to be on camera. He just came in last night and hit fucking Darby in there with a guitar, and no one cared because – it just is what it is. So, him, it's just, I would rather see him in, like, a backstage role. I mean, I you keep hearing things. Even I heard a thing on Twitter the other day that Billy Gunn even said on his podcast that the guys never ask for advice or listen to advice. So, what's, what's bringing Jeff Jarrett going to do? Change anything. So, I mean, maybe they can kind of try to get a, more of a structure backstage. But, that, that I mean, that we'll see what happens there. The guy from New Japan, I honestly have no idea who he was. I just sat on my hands. I, I, it sounded like people liked him, and it was like a big thing, but um, I, I didn't really care for him. And then who was the other person? Oh, Cole Cabana. Mm. I like talk about sitting. I literally just laughed out loud when I heard his dumb news. Like I'm like, this is legitimately just the like spite punk. There's no other reason. They, they his whole thing was him facing former world champions. He all of a sudden Cole Cabana comes out, and Riccaboni's just like, oh, he's a former tag team champion, of Ring of Honor. Like that's not like. That wasn't the original gimmick, yeah. Exactly. The whole thing was him to face world champions, and all of a sudden they pull up Colt Cabana. Like, who gives a shit? And no one cared anyways, and the match wasn't even good. They literally, like I said, he put him on his shoulders in like a fireman's carry on the top rope, and he felt they both fell off the top rope. <laughs> it just it just wasn't the greatest show. And I, like you said, for all the surprises, it just it kind of fell flat. I mean, the best, my favorite surprise is seeing Lamar Jackson in the front row and Rick Ross <laughs> in the back. I went nuts for them. They're, they're bigger stars than anyone on the TV show. They got Lamar Jackson and Rick Ross backstage, too. I know. I went nuts. I know. that They got some notable names on the show, but not the notable names that you were expecting with uh, Jeff Jarrett, Cole Cabana, and uh, Katsuyor Shibata. So we'll get into that. I want to get your thoughts on the whole punk developments as well. I talked a bit about it myself last week uh, when you weren't here with me to discuss it. But, you know, we'll talk about the punk stuff in a moment. As far as the Shibata thing real quick, I mean, I'm going to be all over the place with this Dynamite review because you mentioned all three people. We'll get into each one. Shibata first, because I thought that was the best of the bunch, because that wasn't like the Jarrett one was like, why? The Colt one was like, I kind of laughed as far as it being a letdown. I'm like, really? And then, because I thought, I think I saw, I didn't, <clears throat> I wasn't really on Twitter all that much before Dynamite yesterday. And I saw a tweet that was posted before Dynamite from, you know, some news wrestling account or whatever. And it said, per Brian Alvarez, um, Jericho's opponent tonight will make everyone freak out. And thankfully, I did not see that before the show, because if I saw that, I'm thinking, oh, it's got to be, you know, not punk, but like if it's a former world champion, I'm not, I'm not really sure what former, like Nigel, maybe like, I think that'd be pretty cool because he hadn't wrestled in a decade. Maybe that would be pretty sweet. No, it was fucking Cole Cabana. People freaked out, but probably not for the reasons that everyone thought they would. Uh, But with the Shibata thing, I do want to mention this. I thought it was cool. I, I know very little of him. I know his story, though. He had to retire maybe four or five years ago after a bad headbutt, and then he came back, has had a couple of quote-unquote exhibition matches in New Japan because I guess they can't clear him for a full match or they haven't yet or don't want to or whatever. I guess he can't be cleared there, but he can be cleared here. So he showed up at Forbidden Door. I forgot what he did, but he was at Forbidden Door, 
And I guess he's coming to AEW because he wants two matches, reportedly, per Meltzer of the uh, Observer Radio Show. He wants matches with Orange Cassidy, which he's getting on Friday for the All-Atlantic Championship. And um, who is the other person? Oh, Brian Danielson. So I guess he's always wanted the match with Brian Danielson. I'm sure he'll get that at some point. The problem with someone like Shibata, who I think it's re- very cool he's there. The crowd recognized him. They gave him a good reaction. We've had this conversation before. Do you think AEW, especially now more than ever, is more tailored to like the hardcore, diehard wrestling fans? As I mean, it kind of always has been, and that's nice in certain respects. But when it comes to someone like Shibata, especially for people like us who don't closely follow the New Japan product, why should I care? Maybe Excalibur ran down his accolades. I don't remember. I wasn't really listening. I'm not sure. The guy is great from what I know, and the match on Friday should be very good. But it wasn't as if there was a video package or a promo. Not I'm not even sure how much English he can speak anyway. I'm not sure. Maybe he can speak great in English. I'm not sure. But maybe they, they can always translate it too. Is it one of those things where it's like tailoring too close to the hardcore fan base where only they'll care, but like the main audience won't really give a shit? And then that also begs the question how much of this audience is the diehard fan base and that maybe that's why their fan base hasn't really grown in the last few years. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm pretty placed. And I think me and you, I mean, you seemingly knew who he was. I'm pretty plugged in. Like, I've, I've obviously seen more New Japan in the last year than I ever have before. It's not like I'm watching weekly. I obviously just know the big names and stuff like that. But, I mean, I didn't know who this was. I feel like it's really stretching the limits, like you said. And it just, he's, if he's only coming in for a few matches, is it just like, are we really just going for the niche audience or? Or are we actually just trying to build the product here? Because bringing him in, I don't think, is going to build any new fan base. It's I, That's the thing. Like you said, I feel like all their moves lately has been very niche And that's what Punk was saying before he left. Like, you have a niche audience, you're trying to expand it, but then you're not you're not doing anything with it. So we'll, we'll see. But I, I don't think this is going to be like this big move. They need to focus more on building the stars they have, but they just keep bringing in more new people as it is. So it's, it's, it's a tough situation. I, I, I feel like they, they, they're making a lot of mistakes and maybe they can ride the ship. But when you bring in all these new people and you have so many people that aren't being used, it's just like a waste. Well, that's the problem too. They're bringing in people. I think that's the overarching theme here. They're bringing in more people, whether it be free agents or returns or debuts, whatever that, from people that aren't already on the active roster, when you already have so many people that aren't being used. I mean, we saw a vignette last night for the returning House of Black. I think that's cool. What they do, I don't know. Uh, maybe they come back, and I'm so done on another like Death Triangle House of Black match. Been there, done that a million times. It's funny that we have trios titles. They've barely been defended. They're not really a prominent part of the show. The All-Atlantic Championship has been defended far more times than the fucking trios titles have in the last two months. It's, it's ridiculous, really. Um, the, the joke All-Atlantic Championship, but seriously though, I think it's cool that they're bringing in people like Shibata. I think from what I know about him, he's great. The match on Friday should be good. Not everything has to build a new audience, but like when you make too many niche moves, like with what we're getting on Friday, like what we got last night with Shibata coming in, I think it's really not the fact they're bringing him in, maybe how they're doing so. Like they're really, like I said, there wasn't a vignette. There wasn't a, they just expect people watching the show to know who he is. You didn't know who he was. If Alexis was watching with me, which she wasn't, she would have no fucking clue who this guy was. I would have to explain to her who this guy was. Most, I'm not, I don't want to say most people watching the show wouldn't know who he was because he got a good reaction in Baltimore. Enough people in the crowd knew who he was, but I wouldn't say that you're the problem and not knowing anything about him going into that show. And again, like I said, bringing these people in, when you have people like Miro, Ricky Starks, 
The list goes on and on. And those aren't even including the people that are currently hurt that aren't on the show. People like Adam Cole and people like that. Chris Statlander's hurt right now, among others. Um, there's still so many people not on the show weekly, but you have to waste fucking time on people like Jeff Jarrett. Now, listen, I like Jeff Jarrett. I think he's a good guy. I thought what he did at Ric Flair's last match was great. He was a heat magnet on that show. The SummerSlam stuff was fine. I think he's good in small doses. And I think it's great they hired him in a backstage role. You mentioned this earlier. Um, his official title, I think, is Director of Business Development. And Tony Khan tweeted last night, not only is he all elite, but he's going to be helping with the expansion of live events in 2023. That's a positive move. I don't know if that's going to help ticket sales at all. Um, but I think doing more shows might help. We'll see. And building more, you know, strengthening their markets and whatnot. But as an on-air character... Like, legitimate question, not rhetorical. What the fuck is Jeff Jarrett really going to add to any television product in 2022, 2023, whatever it might be, by the time he wrestles his first match? Again, I like the guy, but it screams TNA 2.0. When he's feuding with Jeff, or when Jeff Jarrett's feuding with Darby Allen, who does that really benefit at that point, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I, I think he'd be great backstage, but putting him on TV with this, like, they're just another, he's just going to be another guy in another group, and do whatever the fuck. I, I I just think there's too many people as it is, so bringing him in is just not going to help. Well, just adding more people to another group, like you said, what point does that really serve? You have Jeff Jarrett with Lethal and Satnam Singh and Sanjay Dutt. You got Cole Carter with the fact. We don't even know if Cole Carter is with these guys or not. Like, why the fuck was he even out there? Is there going to be an explanation? Do we even care? The embassy continues to add more members. Um, there was another group that added yet another member recently. Maybe it was the factor. I think they added Lee Moriarty this past week. Not Lee Moriarty. Oh, they, they have the firm as well. The firm, I just could not give two fucks about it all. Um, we have the firm. You got the factory. They just added, I think, Lee Johnson this past week on Dark. So just just way too many pointless members and stuff like that. Things I just don't really care about. And this was one of them. I think you can add in a backstage sense, because I think he was the director of live events in WWE before he was let go and replaced by Road Dog earlier this year. Um, but as an on-air character... Definitely not necessary. The Colt Cabana one, let's go back into that for a moment. The fact they brought him back. Listen, again, another situation where I like Colt Cabana. Um, I think it's cool he got that moment. He was out there emotional. Clearly, it meant a lot to him. Baltimore, I know, was the home of Ring of Honor a lot in recent years, so maybe it hit home for him in that way. But at one point, they were advertising only former Ring of Honor world champions. So I'm thinking, I said on hashtag yesterday, you know, Davey Richards would be cool, Eddie Edwards. You know, I don't know why they couldn't work something out like that to bring those guys in. Would that really make a, that bigger of a reaction? We talk about niche. Would that really get that much bigger of a reaction? Probably not. Maybe not even as big of a reaction as Cole Cabana got, but it's a match that we've seen before with Cole. It wasn't really that good of a match. And if you're going to have someone on the... Honestly, they probably should have just advertised Cole because it really wasn't that like great of a surprise. He hasn't been on the show in like 10 months. Are they really going to do much with him coming out of this? No, he doesn't really gain anything. He's going to be on the Ring of Honor roster doing nothing until the show starts up, which we don't know when that's going to be. I don't know, man. It's just one of those things where you said this before. I don't think we said this on the actual recording. We talked about this before. Is it one of those cases where you think they only did it to spite Punk and really no other purpose? I feel like there might be more to it than that, but that's got to be part of the uh, reason why they brought him in, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the spite Punk. He's friends of the friends and EVPs. That's why he's on the show. Like, there's no need to be him on the show. Like, I, I mean, it just, like you said, I, it was supposed to be Ring of Honor World Champions. Like, oh, he was a tag team champion. Cares. Who gives a shit? He's not yeah. that good. He's not worth. To, he's not losing. He's not worth losing CM Punk over. I'm sorry. I mean, 
that whole thing is just like, I understand someone had to go, but, I mean, bring Cole Cabana back. I mean, the guy literally draws zero dimes. Well, speaking of Punk, I'm going to get your thoughts, and then I kind of gave my own take on it last week after the news broke, but um, we know even more now than we did a week ago as far as the, the situation with Punk and the Elite. We're getting more details every day. Um, per Fightful, I think either yesterday or the day before, the belief is that Punk will likely want to wrestle again. Um, I don't think AEW is going to be an option. Is WWE an option? Does he go back there? Is it worth it? I've said probably not. I'm a big Punk, Mark. You know that. Um, I would love to see him back in WWE as a fan. From a business standpoint, would it be smart? If a lot of people don't like him, if Triple H already doesn't like him, probably not. Um, I feel like his place was in AEW, and he, he fucked that up for himself. I mean, he has no one else to blame for that but himself. Um, there are other people in that situa- situation to blame. We've talked about this before. Tony Khan, the elite, for the roles they played in that whole drama, bullshit, whatever. Um, but as far as the developments with Punk likely being on his way out and the elite being on their way back, what's your take on all the updates that we've seen in the last week or so? Yeah, I mean... It's crazy. I mean, I understand. I mean, I feel like the situation Tony's in, I mean, if you're backing these guys, I mean, you kind of have to go all the way with them. I mean, if they're EVPs and quotations, I mean, what do you, I mean, you can't just tell them to go on. Like, they were literally, like, besides, like, I feel like it would just look so bad for the company if Cody's gone and then you get rid of the elite guys and then the, all the original EVPs are all gone from your company and then, I don't know, it just... I, I mean, realistically, if I was running the show, I would have kept Punk and got rid of them. But I just, I just don't think they really, they don't. I, to me, they don't really do much, and I feel like to that audience, like they haven't been on the show, and I don't think it's really suffered at all. I think Punk up, if Punk was healthy and around, I think it would add a lot to the show. And obviously, he was hurt anyway, so he wouldn't be on TV right now as it is. But I mean, if if that's the way they're going, then I, I, I get it. But I think losing Punk and might come full circle and be a, a, a hard move for them. I mean, for WWE, I'd bring him in for like a Rumble. Like, imagine him in like the Rumble. That'd be pretty sick. I don't know about like a full-fledged run, but I think it'd be pretty cool. Do you think he would want to come back? Um, Everyone I mean, comes back at some point, but I know he was a different case compared to most. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, we'll see. I, I, his thing sounds like his options are pretty slim, though. I mean, He's not going back to AEW. They have a relationship with New Japan. I don't think he'd go over there. Is he going to go to fucking Impact? I doubt it. <laughs> I mean, he has, like, literally no options. He's going to go to GCW? Like, really <laughs> Could you imagine? At this point. So, I mean, if he goes, I, I would say just go to WWE. And then just, like I said, maybe they could do, um, like, a Royal Rumble appearance, something like that. But, I mean, a full-fledged run, I, I, I don't see it. Yeah, I just, I, I, as I've talked about before, I would be surprised if he talked all this shit for so long about not only the company itself and the whole buy one, get one free shit, which was, you know, just petty nonsense. He talked so much shit about them, and one or two lines is fine, but, like, he talked so much shit about his former employer, it was kind of comical by the end. For him to go back, work with the person he doesn't like, for a company he didn't like, as a part-timer, which he also did not like when he was in WWE, would not make a whole lot of sense. Again, as a fan, I think that would be cool, but realistically speaking, would it be smart, even on WWE's end, to bring in a guy with a lot of baggage, who's hurt, who's had two major injuries in the span of six months, and a lot of people just don't like? Probably not for the best. And also, too, you got to consider, do you think they brought in Punk that would hurt the chances of Triple H ever being able to bring in anyone from AEW who does not like Punk? We know FTR likes Punk. They've made that pretty clear. But other than them, do you think bringing in Punk would 
honestly deter other talent from AEW coming over if they just don't really want to work with him, or it, it might send the wrong message is what I mean. I mean, it just depends on who you want to hire. I mean, I don't think they're going to hire any of the elite guys anytime soon, so I don't think it really matters if they bring Punk in. Well, that's the question. Honestly, I would disagree. I think there might be a chance. I'm not saying they'll never, they, they will absolutely go there, or they'll never go there, but I think with Triple H in charge, Triple H... You know, he tried hard to get the Elite four or five years ago when they were leaving Ring of Honor in New Japan to start AEW before AEW became a thing. It, it seemed like there was a chance that they could go to WWE. Obviously, they didn't. Do you think that could change by the time their contracts are up, especially in light of all the recent bullshit? And we also don't know if they're still EVPs or not. I would hope not, but it sounds like they still are, which is also a problem. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, but that's a smash. You don't think they're worth it to go to WWE? No, I don't think they are, no. You don't I, think they're I, an addition to the roster, I mean? Correct. I would focus on the other people they have over them right now. Okay, okay. The buzz, the buzz that they had five years ago is not even close to what they have now. It's, I mean, yeah, bring them in a couple of years ago when they had buzz. It's like, just like when it, it was a same, like, it just, they had buzz, they brought them in, and... I mean, they were good off the bat, like they were bringing the company, but once they start bringing in bigger talent, I feel like they did fall by the wayside a little bit. And, I mean, Joey Janela had buzz at one point. Look how that worked. So. <laughs> do you think with the Elite, I think they would be an addition to the roster, but do you think if they were brought into WWE, do you think it's a case of kind of going off what you just said, they would be smaller fish in a bigger pond there? Yeah, I mean... They don't even have to care about the tag team division to even think about bringing the Young Bucks in. Well, so. the Bucks, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm talking more so on Omega, yeah, like, I guess. I mean, I feel like Omega. I feel like if anyone Omega would probably have the best best opportunity. Uh, man, maybe honestly, probably if Paige's attitude didn't suck, I'd probably say him. But it sounds like he has a pretty poor attitude towards a lot of things. So I'd probably say Omega. But besides that, I, I, I don't know. Well, here's a question for you, and I just thought of this. You mentioned Paige, and that was the first name that came to my mind as well. I'm thinking more of Omega and the Bucks, but you mentioned Paige, and that's a great name to bring up. If you're Triple H, Punk and Paige are free, let's say, theoretically, and both are interested in going to WWE. Who do you think would be worth the pickup, CM Punk or Adam Page? Who would you hire? When, 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 like, when is this? Is let's it say tomorrow next, or is this in a year and a half? Let's well not tomorrow. I'll say like next year in the next year or two. Because that's when their contracts I mean Punk's probably done anyway in AEW, but um Paige, I think his contract might be up soon. I don't know. We haven't really heard anything about that. But let's say in the next year or two. Mm. <sighs> Fuck, that's actually a good question. Because I feel like if I would say for the long term, I'd, I'd probably say Paige because he's a lot younger. But if it's just gonna be like if you're just bringing a punk for like a big, like if you're trying to bring in a name, it would obviously be punk. Um, I'll, like I said, also Paige has a terrible attitude. <laughs> do we know that for a fact though? Oh, we do. We do. Said, I, I, I like, haven't really heard that. I've heard him say plenty of. I've heard him say in an interview he doesn't take advice. I've well, yeah, I heard. I mean, yeah, the context <laughs> there was weird, but I do agree that was a stupid thing to say. So, I mean, it, the thing is, if you got away from the Bucks and them, would anything change? So, I don't know. I'd probably, like I said, I'd probably say Paige, but, like, you'd have to push him all the way to the top. You can't just bring him in. Like, that's another thing. It's like, I think, it, obviously, they brought Punk in. He's, like, a star already. So, like, you could pretty much do anything you want with him. With Paige, you'd have to bring him in and put him, like, to the top. I mean, there'd be no reason to bring him in to be, like, a midler. 
I think they would. I mean, I think the original idea, if I'm not mistaken, was that when they were offered deals four or five years ago, Cody, the Bucks, Omega, Page, all of them were offered deals by WWE. Obviously, all of them turned them down. But I think the idea was that if Page came in, he was going to be, at that point, not a main eventer on the main roster because Cody probably would have gotten that deal. Omega would have gotten that deal. And Cody wasn't even as big of a star four or five years ago as he is now. So he definitely made the smart move in waiting and building up his brand in AEW and whatnot, uh, making himself more valuable. Page, I think the idea was that he was going to be like the top guy in NXT, like Nakamura was, Joe was, Rude was, like they all got that top dollar, Adam Cole was, he probably would have gotten the Adam Cole push, really. Um, Yeah, no, I I, I mean, yeah, five years ago, he was 26 years old, so yeah, I mean, at that point, also, like, he wasn't really, I feel like he wasn't like that known of an entity, so he's a much bigger name now, yeah. Yeah, now I think, like you said, you bring him in, I think he'd be upper to main event scene, I mean. (laughs) But then Punk said he was a he was an empty headed dumb fuck who didn't accomplish anything. And and the company which he was wrestling for at the time, which I mean, <laughs> the guy's a former world champion, but you know, whatever. I mean, I guess you can agree or disagree with that statement. But anyway, I think he has accomplished enough to where he would be worth it. If honestly, in my opinion, the timing doesn't matter. I love CM Punk. I think Paige would be worth. If I'm hiring one or two, one over the other tomorrow, next year, two years from now, whatever. I would hire Paige because I feel like he just has more longevity. Punk would be great for like a, you know, he would probably wrestle more than Goldberg did when Goldberg came in. But I feel like he'd be great, like you said, for like a one-shot mania deal. But is it really worth it as far as like doing big business? I don't know. I honestly feel like, I don't want to say that Bloom is off the rose with Punk, but I honestly don't think it would do as big of business as it did for AEW. Because when he went to AEW, the big appeal there was that he hadn't wrestled in seven years. We've, we've seen him wrestle now for the last year. He had a great run there while he was there, I think. I mean, people will try to tell you otherwise, oh, it was a disaster. Get, get the fuck out of here. He had a great run. He was the be- one of the best parts of the show for the year he was there. Bias or no bias. <clears throat> I think that's just a fact, personally. But, you know, I think if they brought in Punk now, you know, to wrestle Roman, yeah, I guess. That'd be great. But, like, I feel like with Paige, you can get more mileage out of him. He can be a top star. They have enough top talent as it is. WWE just has to build some of these people up. It's going to take time. But I think Paige can be one of those people. He, to me, at this point, screams WWE. I feel like he's a guy that if he left AEW to go to WWE, I think he would do well. And I think another side question for you, I mean, now that we're on the subject, who do you think in AEW right now, I mean, Paige is her, that's not getting a ton of TV time, do you think would do well in WWE? I've answered this a million times myself, but I think of Paige... I think of Ricky Starks, who we never fucking see at all. I don't know what the hell happened to that guy. Take his picture, put his picture on the back of a milk carton because we haven't seen him in like a month. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs just came back. I still think he might do better in WWE. You know, people like that I think might do well in WWE right now, especially now that Triple H is running things. Yeah, like I said, I, I just want to... So the whole Punk in... I'll go back to the whole Punk thing. If you're bringing him in for a night or a couple nights, I'll bring Punk in just because he's a bigger name. Long term, I agree. I bring Paige in. Okay, you know, yeah. As for other people, I mean, yeah, I mean, you just name. I think, I like you said, I think if if brought in, I feel like Paige could, like you said, if you push him to the top, I feel like he could be a big star for them. Ricky Starks, I feel like would be a good mid card guy. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, I mean, the look alone, he has the ability. I mean, he's on TV, but like Wardlow, I feel like would be a perfect WWE guy. Mm-hmm. Um, whew, Jade Cargill, I think at some point would do well there down the road. Who? Jade Cargill. Jade would be good. Um, I mean, if Jamie Hayter ever doesn't get pushed, I mean, I feel like she'd be great for WWE. Um, yeah, she's doing well right now. At least they're at least they're using her. She's facing Tony for the title at Full Gear, so that's good. 
Beatro. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I mean, FTR coming back. Oh, yeah, maybe. that's... Yeah, well, again, they have to hopefully... Do you think that's likely? Do you think we see them back at some point? I think there's a chance. I think there is. I mean, like, they, were, they were clearly... They, they were great NXT with Triple H, and then obviously they got called to the main roster, and at that point his nuts are cut off, and you saw what happened to most NXT people. I mean, that wasn't a Triple H thing. That was a, that was a Vince thing. So yeah. I, th- I think I think they'd bring him back, and I mean... Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean, I think that would be a mistake just not even bring him back if you had the opportunity. So. Oh, no, I'm thinking, well, yeah, no, obviously they would bring him back. I'm thinking more if they would want to go back, I guess. Yeah, I think they would. Down the road, I would say. So, they, yeah, those, those are the people off the top, man, I just ripped off. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those people, like FTR specifically, they have the freedom right now of wrestling in multiple promotions. How, how good, how much good does that really do when they're barely defending said championships? I don't know. Um, but at least they're back on Dynamite. That's a plus. Uh, back to Dynamite here. But, uh, you know, seeing them was good. That The whole daddy-ass birthday bash thing was terrible. I mean, they already kind of did the cute scissoring thing a couple weeks ago. I thought it was stupid. But, like, okay, cool. They had a lot of the same material. And I don't know. They're just leaning a little too much into it. And I thought last night was dumb. If they go over the top with it, then that's just an issue. They wasted way too much time on that bullshit. Um, the Jade Cargill and Marina Shafir shit was just terrible. I mean, I knew the match wasn't going to be good, but having Nyla Rose out there, and Vicky specifically, I think Nyla's actually been entertaining in this role. Vicky, I just, I've said this before, I don't understand, not the appeal, but like what use she really has at this point. She never really had a lot of use to begin with. She had a lot of great heat, and she still does from 10 years ago, but it's like she's been riding off the coattails of two fucking words for so long now, brings nothing else to the table, has only made Nyla Nyla Rose worse off in the last two years, and her screaming over a match for five minutes was just terrible television. Yeah, that was terrible, especially after the whole, like, JD thing, him shitting on that match, and then (laughs) all the people going after him, and then to have the match they did, like you said, it was just... It was fucking terrible. I mean, we've seen the match. They had the match like six months ago. They did, yeah. Good. And then they did it, like like you said, Nyla and Vicky just talking over it. And the match, like, in the in ring-wise, it was like a minute match. It was just it was just there, and it was not good. I mean, I like Jade. I just, I don't know. She's never on Dynamite. And then when they do, they do shit like this. Like, I think she is a, like, she's still very green, obviously. But, I mean, with more development, I feel like she could be, like, a huge star. Just in general, and just this, when you put Never on Dynamite and this one you get, I mean, it just wasn't the great, like, we knew what it was going to be like, and we got it. It's like, people said it was going to suck before, and people got their backs up, and then they had the match, and it was the worst part of the show, probably. Yeah, I think it was made even worse by the fact that Jade was kind of, like, defending it, and, you know, going, I'm not even really defending uh, JD just in general. I mean, he said a lot of stupid stuff over the years, but specifically what he said in that tweet, you know, he said he didn't tag them. Obviously, he didn't do it intentionally. When you respond to a tweet like that that already has someone tagged in the original tweet, he probably didn't realize this. They are then they are then tagged. It's not like she went out of her way to look at his fucking Twitter. I mean, she doesn't care that much. But I mean, the fact that she even said anything to a fairly inoffensive tweet was pretty stupid because then it puts all eyes on that match and then the, the match sucks. Marina is awful. They they thankfully changed their music. Her original music was terrible, but she's not that good. Um, that was not good. It's a double-edged sword too, dude, because I want to see more storylines with Jade. The undefeated streak has really gotten stale. But like, I even like Nyla Rose. I think she's actually improved, and I think the whole like her getting more mic time, I think I think she's made the most of it. 
But the whole stealing of the belt thing, it's such a tired trope. It's not entertaining. It's stupid. I doubt the match will be that good. Like, I'm glad she has an actual storyline and Jade's on, on, I almost said on Raw. She's on Dynamite. But, like, the feud is no good. Like, I know the, the biggest criticism of AEW is, oh, they have no stories. I disagree. They do have stories. There are there are stories that are good. The problem is that, yeah, they have stories, but half of them just aren't fucking entertaining at all, and this being one of them. Yeah, I mean, and the worst part is they totally miss, like, Kira Hogan trying to get it back after the match. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And then they try to, like, fill in the blank. They're like, oh, yeah, Kira Hogan tried to get the belt back. It just, just like you said, it's just very late, like, it's just a very lazy way to, like, continue a few It's like, I don't know, Nyla Rose, like, the, like you said, it's probably the better work she's done, but it's like, how many title matches has she had? Like, <laughs> how was, it's like, you have other people, like, I swear to God, like, every time, it's like, they don't know what to do with someone, they just, oh, throw Nyla Rose in there, it's just like... Yeah, because she peaked early, they gave her the belt within the first six months, Riho's in the same, is, is in the same position, where, like, okay, she won the title, she's not gonna want it back, so what do we do with her? I mean... You use these people to get other people over, but when they lose enough times, it's like, how much can we really care? That's the problem. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I just. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> so, Marina's not good, and the match wasn't good. The storyline sucks. It just is what it is. You think uh, Soraya steps back in the ring of full gear? I mean, I think she made that pretty clear in her interview last night against Brett Baker. We'll see. I mean, her and Britt Baker have been hitting each other like they're she's made out of foam, so I hope not. <laughs> well, you you hope she's not back in the ring? If she's not, I just like, I just don't, I don't know, I just don't trust their clear. Like, so she's all of a sudden just magically cleared. I don't know. Come on, if you're not cleared in WWE, not, you get cleared in AEW. That's how it works. That doesn't make me it's right. I don't know. I'm we'll kidding. See. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, I think they'll probably do that match, but I'm definitely not, uh, I'm definitely not, like, overly looking forward to it. I just, I don't know, I just, like you said, even, like, their little hockey fights they have, they're not even coming close to hitting each other. Is she afraid to hit her? Is she, like, fall down the wrong way? Is she going to be paralyzed? Like, I don't know. Like, it's, like, that's the things that, like, make me, like, pull my breath. It's, like, if they were, like, having, like, an actual fight and got, like, physical, like, they're literally grabbing each other and not even coming two feet close to each other's faces. So it's, like, clearly she's afraid to fucking hit her because... At least make it look good. I, I just, I don't know. I feel like they just brought her back. She's cleared, and they're going to do something with her. But, I, I mean, is she going to do, like, sleeper holds? Like, I don't I don't know. Like, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But she hasn't got physical yet, so I guess we just have to wait and see. Yeah, well, we'll have to wait and see, and uh, I'll hold out hope. I hope she's still the page of old. And when I say page of old, I'm talking five years ago. She's not old, obviously. But, you know, hopefully we see her back in, in regular page mode. But will she take it lightly, like you said, or are we going to get an actual match between the two and not... Like a fucking exhibition. I mean, it remains to be seen. So I guess we'll find out next week and at full gear. Um, we didn't really talk about this last week because obviously we didn't speak last week. But the MJF stuff, I know we spoke two weeks ago. And I mentioned to you, I think a babyface turn is inevitable. But I said not right now. And you were kind of against the idea of just doing it at all, which I understand. But like I said, I said not right now. They are doing it now. And I know Alvarez said, oh, you know, they had to change directions of the storyline because he's so popular. They turn him face. I mean, is it not obvious to most people? I mean, I think you would agree that he's only babyface for like a week or two. I think he goes back heel of full gear, and that's how he wins the championship. This whole thing about like, oh, I'm going to do the right thing, I think it culminates in him doing the ultimate wrong thing by cheating to win. Maybe even aligns with William Regal. I think that'd be cool. I saw other people say that. I think it'd be fucking awesome, personally, um, with Regal kind of motivating him and whatever, but maybe he even gives him the brass knucks to win with. 
But I do think this leads to MJF being the top heel the company needs right now by beating Moxley for the championship at full gear. What do you think? I just, I don't know. I hope it's not just a swerve for the sake of a swerve. But I also don't want to be a babyface, so. <laughs> You're not a fan of either direction. I guess I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. Cause, <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like the swerve, like, like even if, like, especially if he, like, got back with the firm, like, oh, yeah, these guys. No, 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 no. No, thank you. No, thank you. I mean, that would just be, like, the most Vince Russo-y booking of all time. I got beat up just the, for the, like, Stupid. oh, all of a side, like, I got beat up by them, but they're still working with me, so. I hope it's not that. I mean, if he's with Regal, I guess. I just, I don't know. I just, I just feel like, just have him be the prick as he is and just keep it that way. Like, I don't know why the tease being a babyface just to, to then go heel again. I don't know. I just... I feel like it's just the kind of like, oh, he's so popular. Like, guys, a heel, so keep him going. I don't know. I, I, I would keep him heel. I hope he doesn't go babyface. I, I guess, like you said, I, it might just be a swerve, which I, I wouldn't overly be with as well, but it would be way better than him being a babyface. Yeah, no, I think that's what's going to happen here. And they do a lot of serve. They, they, they do a lot of swerves for the sake of swerves. Like when Hader was teasing tension with Britt, they went back to them being buddies. Daniel Garcia, same thing. They do that quite a bit. It's honestly kind of comical at this point, but I, I would rather that happen than him be just be a babyface full-fledged at this current point in time. Um, last thing on Dynamite, we had a Ring of Honor World Television Championship main event. Samoa Joe defending against Brian Cage. I liked the match. It was a nice, you know, hoss battle, whatever. Nice hoss fight. My question for you is, as we've discussed before, is there such an over-reliance on the Ring of Honor shit on these shows that it's hard for people to care? I mean, I could give two shits less about the Ring of Honor stuff. I just don't care. When there's other people that are on your show that you haven't put any iota of attention to, why should I care about the Ring of Honor stuff? Yeah, I mean, they had four title matches last night, two of them being Ring of Honor title matches. And it's not a you thing either. It's not like you're in the minority. I think even AEW fans feel the same way because, listen, if you wanted to watch Ring of Honor, you would fucking watch Ring of Honor when it was on TV a year ago. You didn't. You don't care about Ring of Honor. Why the fuck would you care about it now that now that it's an AEW, especially now that we don't have a platform for these people to be on? Um, there's no show. We don't know when we're getting a show. Tony Khan said maybe soon. It's been almost, what, eight months since they announced the acquisition of Ring of Honor? It just doesn't... I feel like it's honestly hindering these shows more than it's helping it. The Jericho stuff with the former Ring of Honor world champions, I honestly I do like that. I've actually liked that more than I thought I would. But, like, the embassy attacking Wardlow or Warjo, whatever they're calling them. Again, dude, who cares? Who who could even possibly give a shit? And we have a pay-per-view in two weeks, and we only have, like, two or three matches announced. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely hindering the show. I, like you said, if I really wanted to watch Ring of Honor, I would have watched it when it was a thing, and I never did. So yeah. you're just throwing it on this program. It's not going to make me want to watch it anymore. Last question, who do you think wins this Eliminator tournament that we have no idea who's in it, except for Dante Martin, who has not sniffed television time in months, and Ethan Page, who they're now suddenly pushing. Um, other than them, we know no one else who's in it. I think they announce more names on Rampage tomorrow. But correct me if I'm wrong, the tournament the last two years, they've had to play out on Dynamite going into the pay-per-view. I guess they can start it next week. That's probably what's going to happen. But like, it seems so fucking rushed. We get so many tournaments in this company at this point. I mean, some of them aren't their fault. I mean, it is Tony Khan's fault, but some of them are impromptu due to titles getting vacated, whatever. I don't know, man. It's like they're doing another one going into the show, um, and it, they're going to have to rush it because they only have two Dynamites left, two Rampages left, and then the pay-per-view. Unless they're doing the entire tournament on the pay-per-view, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to be rushing this shit in two weeks' time. What, what 
tournament as this. The uh, Eliminator tournament, the one that uh, Kenny Omega won it two years ago to become for number what? one contender for what for a world title shot. And then la- remember last year they did uh, Danielson and Miro in the finals when uh, Moxley had to leave. He took time off. And then they're, do- they're doing it again. They announced it for this year, too. Oh, my goodness Christ almighty. Another and, one? Yeah, and like I, I said, they're putting... Talking, e- I have no idea what the fuck you were talking about. Yeah, and they're putting Dante Martin and Ethan Page in <laughs> among probably other mid-carders, I would imagine. Oh, my God. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> but, um, I literally told you yesterday, the whole eliminator thing to me is so fucking dumb. Like, Lee Moriarty, if he beats John Mox, he's going to get a fucking title shot. The guy's never on TV. Who gives a shit? I know, he wasn't going to win. That was stupid. They should not even have even... Done the match. Penthouse going for the title alone was an embarrassment. What's going to be Penta fucking El Zero Miedo versus fucking MJF at Full Gear? No, dumb. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, listen, I, like I told you, I would rather it be an eliminator than for the championship. And I love how you didn't know it was for the title until after I yeah, told so you. Yeah, so I'm looking at it right here. It says World Championship Eliminator Tournament. Yeah. Winner receives a title shot and winner is coming. Dumb. And the only people announced is Martin and Ethan Page. <laughs> And they're going to announce more on Friday in the show that no one cares about. And the, and the pay-per-views in two weeks. Yeah, so. the pay-per-views in two weeks from Saturday. So then we'll just get those matches all over Dynamite and Brant Page, and that will make up the card for the next two weeks. I, I guess, but like... Yeah, what a- I mean, honestly, I just don't give a shit. I mean, I mean, I think MJF's going to win the belt, so theoretically it would be a babyface. So yeah. I, I, I'd also have to know who else is in the fucking tournament, but... Yeah, I mean, they need to stop. There's so many tournaments. Can we please move on? It does Just because it's a tournament doesn't mean it means more. No, when it doesn't, you have no. thousand tournaments every year, it doesn't matter. <laughs> just like when every guy has a fucking belt, it doesn't matter. It makes it even, if anything, it devalues your other belts because every Joe Schmo in the back has a belt. No, I agree. I have the Never belt. I have the Shimmer belt. I have this belt. I have that belt. It's like... Does it matter at the end of the day what every person has a belt means? It's just dumb. No, you have a belt on right now. I have a belt on right now. It means as much as that. God, it's just like, it's just everything's a tournament. Everything's about a belt. Everyone has a belt. But if you don't, you're in a group that's going for a belt. It just never ends. Dude, they had four title matches last night, too. I mean, how many of those even really meant anything? Just like the fucking match last night, like, oh, whoever wins this match gets a dream all-Atlantic title match. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? Well, so, no, well, the, the, it was for the title last night, but the winner then faces, like, a dream opponent or whatever. That was, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, but, like, what does that, like, what does that entail? Like, can I call up fucking Kevin Owens and have him come to Dynamite? Like, what do you, like, they're like, that, clearly, like, ugh, just, Well, the, he a, also didn't even pick his opponent. I think Shibata picked him necessarily, which is interesting. So. It's just dumb. It really is at the end of the day just dumb, and it just... It's just so marky that, like, oh, they have a belt, so it makes them important. No, because every person has a fucking belt. And every match is a tournament match, and every match is for a belt. Like, there is no, I couldn't tell you the last time, like, besides the Christian Cage and Jungle Boy feud, which is seemingly still going on, because Christian, like, couldn't tell you the last time they had a fucking feud that wasn't over a belt. Um, I don't even know. I was going to say Jericho and Garcia, but that's over the Ring of Honor world title. Probably no. Punk and fucking CM Punk and MGF probably. Well, the last well, yeah, well to to be specific, the last great feud that wasn't over a championship. Let's put it that way. Sure. I mean, it's not like they've had a lot of great feuds over the championships anyway, but I mean the last like great non title feud was that one, yes, I would agree with that. But yeah, they just need to it, the whole tournament thing, like I said, it's just it's lazy and it's I get so maybe some people sounds better. Like instead of saying 
oh, we're now Moxley fights Lee Moriarty. People just get giddy because it's for a possible chance if he wins the face with a belt. Like, why would anyone care? He's never on TV anyways. No. Yeah, I mean, listen, I thought the match was good, but it's hard to care when the guy's never on TV. He probably won't be on TV coming out of this. The Firm was aligned with MJF, assuming they don't rekindle their relationship, which I really hope they don't. The Firm sucks. And I like, the problem is, is that I like Stokely, but like, they just put him with a loser so far in this company, thinking that I think that they think that he can get them over. I don't care anymore about the gun club. Ethan Page is all right. I don't really care too much about him, but he's okay. W. Moore, I mean, what a dumb move by W by W Morrissey to come in AEW. What he hasn't even wrestled a single match and he's been here for like two months. He's yeah. not doing shit. What a waste. I, mean, I, actually, I actually do like the guns. I think they're good. I mean, they're characters. I'm not really interested in, but in the ring, they're actually pretty good. I don't care about the other page or W Morrissey, honestly, or Lee Moriarty at that fact. Like you said, I think he thought that Stokely was going to get them over, but it's just like much. It's just a motley crew of guys. It's not like there's like. There's not a star in the group, so what do you think's going to happen? No, exactly. MJF wasn't even their leader. It was like a stable on retainer. Not even that. Like, we talk about damage control not having chemistry. None of these guys have the slightest bit of chemistry in the slightest. It's just it's just four or five guys thrown into a group, and that's what this entire company is at this point. And I know it's subjective. I'm not going to say groups are bad for wrestling. I think people, if you love groups, you love AEW New Japan. I And listen, WWE is a lot of groups now as well. I just find myself more interested in those groups. Each of those groups in WWE, for the most part, doesn't have a million members. The Bloodline has added more people lately with Sammy and Solo, but, like, the OC is three people. The Judgment Day is four people. Like, the Factory is, like, six people. The Firm is five or six people. I mean, you can go up and down the list as far as the factions they have in this company, and a lot of them don't even really mean anything. No, I completely agree. It's a joke. So the company still needs... uh, some work to do as far as fixing said issues. And I'm not going to say, I, listen, I watched Dynamite last night. Um, I didn't watch it live. I heard before I watched it that it wasn't good. I mean, again, that's, you know, entirely opinionated. But I mean, I thought it was, I thought the show was good. But like going back over and now, some of the, they have a lot of issues they have to fix. I enjoy the matches, but a lot of the stories, like the, the acclaimed with the gun club, I just don't care. And Oh, my. Did you see? Well, we were at Rampage last week. I actually like, we were there at Rampage. It was a good show. It was fine. Did you see the swerving Billy Gunn bullshit where he was, like, cutting his fingers off or something? Like, what the fuck was going on with that? Did you watch that? I did not. Oh, I, please I don't. Clip and I just didn't. I didn't want to stuck on stomach. It, so I'm, I'm thinking, it. dude, what is... Like, I like the Swerve and her glory stuff, too. Like, the Swerve is great. Why are they doing this? Like, that's typical WWE nonsense. It's it's garbage. Garbage. Or Vince McMahon nonsense, I should say, specifically. Um, let's talk about that real quick on, on Raw before we get to Crown Jewel predictions. Um, I thought Raw was a, a fine show this week. I thought it was a better show than last week. It was a Halloween show, so not overly eventful. Um, but I do want to mention this before we get into Crown Jewel and, and, and stuff like that. Um, we did have the big reveal of why Dexter Loomis has been going after the Miz. The whole tell-all interview thing with Byron Saxton playing fucking Anderson Cooper and Gargano giving his side of things with the whole 60 Minutes parody. Um, I thought it was well done. I thought the reenactments, I, I thought it was honestly pretty funny. The whole like kind of knock on, not knock, but the uh, mirroring of Dark Side of the Ring and whatnot. I enjoyed that. The actual explanation was wonky. And I've seen other people say maybe they had to change plans because Tommaso Ciampa got hurt. Maybe he was supposed to factor into it. Maybe this would have led to DIY reunion or the way, or I, I don't really know. But Ciampa got hurt. He's he's going to be gone for a while. He had hip surgery. 
But maybe that's why this explanation was a bit weird. So, like, Gargano was like, oh, Miz had Loomis attack him on purpose, and he no-sold it because he wanted to attack him, because he wanted the attention, he's a celebrity, that's what he does. Something fell through in the last couple weeks, and now Loomis is actually after him. What did you make of this whole thing? I thought it was pretty decent, like you said. I mean, the whole Gargano comedy stuff, I don't overly love it, but I thought this was pretty done well. Like you said, the, the explanation, I mean... I think it, it's safe to say that it probably was a different direction, but with Champa getting hurt, they just this is the next best idea someone had because I mean it's kind of dumb. But I think it probably had to do something with Champa, and then obviously with with Champa out, they had to go in this direction. But I mean, it has been interesting. I, will, I mean, it's not my I don't really overly a big fan of everyone anyone in this storyline, but I mean it's had my interest. So I guess they're doing something right. At least they finally moved it forward. It was weeks of the same thing after the same thing, so I'm glad they finally did something a little bit different. Um, and that was really about it from Raw itself, because everything kind of had to do with uh, with Crown Jewel. So we'll we'll start with the Crown Jewel predictions now. Um, they just added this to the Crown Jewel card on Monday. WWE Women's Tag Team Title rematch from Raw on Raw Monday night. We saw Alexa Bliss and Asuka become the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, knocking off Damage control. We're getting the rematch on Saturday on this show. I would think that they're doing a rematch, very likely to give the belts back to damage control. Otherwise, what's the point? We already have seven matches on the show. Bray Wyatt's going to be there. Why have this match unless they're putting the belts back on them? And if they do that, again, begs the question, why even do that? The whole tag team title thing is a mess. Uh, The titles mean nothing. The match itself on Monday was fine. Um, The titles, I just can't bring myself to care about damage control is becoming damaged goods very quickly and uh i don't know i just i can't really bring myself to care but i do expect damage control to get back the belts bear you think they're gonna win the belts back i think is otherwise why would they do a rematch if the match isn't really necessary on the card that's my thing but then why take the belts off in the first place exactly probably just to switch things up which is still probably just to end the show on a big no i, I don't know ah goodness um i'm gonna say bless oscar retain they can't win the belts back again I mean, I guess they could, but I just, I just feel like it would just be like. I think it doesn't really help anyone because if they put no, the belt back really, on them. I mean, I think it helps Bliss and Oscar. They keep winning. I mean, theoretically, but no, I know, uh, but it does more damage to damage control is the problem. They're putting enough damage. They're damaged goods at this point. So <laughs> I, I'm going to say Bliss and, and Oscar retain. I think it would be extremely dumb to put the belts back on them. Well, let's talk about damage control. Bailey is getting one more shot of the Raw Women's Championship. I would assume one more shot. Maybe they have another rematch. Who knows? But it's going to be a last woman standing match, which I'm looking forward to. Bianca Belair and Bailey. The matches have been very good. Bianca won the first one at Extreme Rules, not counting the ones from 2020 and 2021 on SmackDown. But she won the Extreme Rules one last month. Bailey beat her on Raw two weeks ago. And now we're getting the third match in this incarnation of the feud on Saturday. Um, this one is tough because I think it can go either way. I want Bailey to win. I'm going to go with Bailey to win. But I think I already texted you this. I could very well see Bianca winning. And I know you said, well, Bailey kind of has to win to salvage damage control. And I agree. That's why I'm just going to pick her just because I think she kind of needs to. But I could very well see a scenario where Bianca retains and they just keep the belt on her until WrestleMania season to defend against Charlotte Flair or someone else. I, I honestly don't really know if they see damage control as a priority. And like we said over text in the last couple of days, if damage control loses this match, or if Bailey loses this match specifically, damage control has got to be done. I cannot see how they continue on to the group with Bailey losing again to Bianca and them having any heat whatsoever. No, yeah, I mean, if, if this match, literally, we'll say if they 
think damage control is a thing that they need to keep going with, or that they, yeah, I mean, that, that's literally what the result of this match will be. If they don't see them being a threat anymore, they'll, she'll lose, and we'll move on. If they win, then I think, I mean, I could even see if she wins, like, maybe they do, like, a little tweaking of the group, and, I don't know, I like Io Sky a lot, but she just, like, she sticks out like a sore thumb in this group. I like Dakota a lot. I don't know, just they have never really gelled. Like, it was a cool thing. Like, we were there when they came back, and everyone thought it was a cool idea, and it was all great, and kumbaya, but I just, I don't know, they just don't really fit, and I could, I think there's a good chance, like, even if even if Bailey wins, they could do a thing that maybe they kick Io out of the group, because she just doesn't fit in the group. It just, it just, I don't know, it just, it just hasn't really clicked, and I don't know, I guess we'll see from there, but if she doesn't win, they might as well just break up the group. Then what, what's she going to go for next? It's not like there's other titles for her to go to. She going to go after the tag titles with the other two? No. So I, I think Bailey, if the group's going to continue, she needs to win. I think Bianca's going to win. Um, and then we just see, like, and then we move on. I just, I just don't know why you'd give Bailey so many wins as they have. If she, at the end of the day, she's not going to win the belt. Like, she pinned Bianca on Raw, and she pinned Bianca at Castle the Cash of the Castle, and I mean maybe they could, she could win, and then like they have some alliance with Nikki Cross, which I kind of hope not because they did like that little segment backstage at Raw, which I hope not, but that's the only way I could see her winning. So uh, I, I actually I'll, I, I'll go with Bailey, but if they lose, they're done. That was another thing, too. Nikki Cross, when she returned last week on Raw, attacked both women. She attacked Bailey and she attacked Bianca. And then she was backstage with Damage Control this week without any explanation whatsoever. I thought that was really stupid. But So here's the thing. I'm not confident with Bailey winning. She is my pick, as she is for you, as you just said. Bianca winning is very, very likely. But here's the thing, though. The only reason why I go with Bailey, the only edge I give it to Bailey is for this reason, is because they have war games in a couple of weeks. What is even the point of doing war games if Damage Control have no control over anything? If they don't hold the tag titles, which they I, I said they might get back, who knows? They might not. And if Bailey doesn't win the big one, what's even the fucking point of doing a war games match? There's no personal beef. If Bianca beats her every time it matters, then why even do a war games match? You know. So that's why I think Bailey kind of has to win here. No, yeah, that's why. Like I, you t- I texted you on Monday, and I was like, I think they dropped the belt so Bailey could win, and you're know, like, why would? They? Well, the whole bloodline. But I think it's more the fact that, like, if they drop the belts here, then Bailey would have to win because, like, like you're saying, there's no reason to have a war games match if they have all three belts and they beat them at every turn. Then it literally would make no sense. So I think <laughs> they drop the belts to Oscar and Alexa, kind of give them something, mm-hmm. kind of like build them up, and then Bianca loses the belt to Bailey, and then we go into war games. I'm assuming. I mean, at this rate, it'd probably be. I mean, I would assume it's damage control and Nikki Cross versus Bianca, Bailey, no, Bianca, Bliss, uh, Asuka, and Loray, I would assume at this point. Yeah, I know we were thinking at one point Becky, but I'm not sure if Becky's going to be back in time, so. Which would be cool and it would make sense because she was at SummerSlam when they debuted, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Unless it's five on five and they get another woman in there. I've kind of given up on the idea of Sasha being back in time. I know there was an update on her status. I don't get the sense that she'll be back anytime soon. I thought she would either return in time for Survivor Series or at the pay-per-view. still possible. They're in Boston, but maybe she just... I I think she will be back at some point, along with Naomi, but they're probably just still enjoying being out, doing other things right now, so I guess not. They're enjoying their vacation. Um, But yeah, I feel like Bailey kind of has to win here, and 
It would be pretty fucking comical to do a women's war games match with a group that means nothing if Bailey loses on the show and EO and Dakota. EO got pinned on Monday, so, you know, maybe they replace her with Tegan Knox, as you said. I know there was interest in bringing Tegan back. She had a visa issue. I would think if they employ her, then that visa issue would be fixed because they fired her, and that's where the problem came from in the first place, and she hasn't wrestled in a whole last year. Um, I don't know. I think that she they, they can bring her back in. That's, that's my hope. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, as far as the other matches on the card, Braun Strowman and Omos, this has got to be an easy win for Strowman, right? Yeah, I mean, you say easy win, but uh, I don't know if it was easy. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like... You think they I might give like, it to Omos? You think there's a chance? Anything's possible. Well, I mean, anything's possible, of course. They're going to be in the, the crown jewel of the Middle East and Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, so I mean, anything's possible. <laughs> But uh, I I think the thing is with this is I, I feel like if Braun wins, Omos is like gone. Oh yeah, no, hundred. That's why I'm saying this. That's why back I say in NXT, wins, yeah. go back or release. Like he just he, he needs to get better. Or they just need to move on. Like the like for him specifically, the blooms off the rose. He's seven foot three, but he can't walk. So it is what it is. You gotta he's gotta at least train a little bit more. He just gotta cut bait. So I'll say I, I'll go with Strowman because that's who I was gonna pick, but. I don't think it's as easy as you said, but if he loses, have fun in uh, Orlando or have fun in your future endeavors because I just don't see a, a future for him if he's getting if he's losing a Strowman here. Well, like I said earlier, I think the push for Omos is almost over after uh, after Saturday when he loses because I just can't see a scenario where Strowman comes back and to his credit has been very fucking over. Strowman has been white hot since coming back. Not to say they should put the world title on him, but I think they kind of figured out, when I say they, I mean Triple H, and we'll see what they do going forward. They know what works for Strowman. People want to see Strowman just wreck people, and that's what he's done since coming back, whether it be Otis or Chad Gable and now Omos. It's this whole spectacle, oh, Battle of the Titans type thing. Oh, no one gives a shit about Omos, but from a visual standpoint, it's cool. The match will probably be a disaster. It could exceed expectations. I don't want to completely write them off, but um, I don't know. I think Strowman wins here, and they move on. I don't want to see this rubber match bullshit. Like, do a, No, just, just have it be a one-and-done. Strowman wins, and then maybe he sets his sight on Roman Reigns, and they do a match on Survivor Series or SmackDown or, I don't know, the Rumble or something. I don't know. Not that I really want to see that, but... You know, Strowman's been rolling. There's no real reason to interrupt that by having him lose here. I feel like that'd be silly. Yeah, um, no, the Strowman Express is it's, it's on the tracks. I mean, he was probably the most, one of, if not the most over person on SmackDown when we went. He I was going like, to say, yeah. The loudest reaction besides, like, the bloodline, honestly. It works. I mean, listen, for as much as we said he was damaged goods before he left and whatnot, and coming back, I wasn't the most excited. Not that he's the reason I tuned into SmackDown, but listen, he's very over with all audiences. They use him well. He's not out there doing 10-minute dialogues and whatever monologues. And, uh, yeah, they've used him perfectly fine. And in the, the way that he should have been used the last time he was in the company. So I think they, uh, they've definitely booked him perfectly well. And he should not lose here, I don't think. SmackDown Tag Team Titles, the Usos and the Brawling Brutes. I know the Usos break the New Day's record not this weekend, but I think next weekend. I think if they get to next Sunday, they're the longest reigning tag team champions in, in history. I think Gallus may have had a longer run in fucking... NXT UK, but they don't, they don't acknowledge that. So as far as the New Day's record go, I think they break the record next weekend. And the New Day have been built up on SmackDown a little bit. So what I'm thinking is they beat Brawling Brutes here. Obviously, there's no, I just can't see Brawling Brutes winning. And then they face the New Day on SmackDown because they're so close to the record. They'll probably save it for that day as opposed to doing it on pay-per-view. So I'm thinking the Usos retain here and we get Usos and New Day on SmackDown and the Usos win that as well. 
I completely agree. No need to add anymore. Yeah, no reason to uh, have them not break the streak and have New Day get the belts back for the 30th time. Let's see. Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross steel cage match. Rematch from Extreme Rules. The feud's been all right. I think the feud's been good. I like Karrion. You know, he won the last match, which wasn't stellar, but I thought the match was decent enough. He did win with help of Scarlet, which was silly. He should have just won clean. Drew is now lost. He's now lost two big matches. I think he kind of needs this one to win. Karrion won't be buried to me. We talk about it all the time. It's all about the aftermath. I think if Karrion loses here, it's fine, but it's how he's booked after the fact and if he can bounce back. And I think he can if booked properly, and he's not just an afterthought on the show. But I'm thinking Drew wins this one after uh, losing at Extreme Rules and at Clash of the Castle. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I assume they're happy a rubber match. I mean, they've had this would be their second match. They'd have another one. I mean, if Drew won here just to kind of get some momentum back, just to eventually lose the cross the third time, I'm fine with it. Um, I definitely don't want him to win here and then lose the pull like the Chris Jericho MGF and have him win the first two and lose the one at the end when it matters most. Or the last thing you remember is him losing. So mm-hmm. in a steel cage, like I said, they could do like maybe some shenanigans. Drew like escapes the cage. I don't really want Cross to be getting pinned right now, but um, yeah, I, I think this will probably be the second match of a of a three match series. So I'm not. I'm not against Drew winning here. Yeah, no, I'm all for uh, Cross winning another match, but I just, I think Drew wins here, and they could do a third match. Maybe it's Survivor Series. I'm kind of fine if they just move on from it. It's been going on for a while now, but, you know, Cross could win a third match. I think Drew, I don't know. I don't really know what you do with him next. I don't really know what you do with Cross next either, so they're kind of an interesting spot right now, and we'll uh, see coming out of Crown Jewel. Let's see. Talked about that, 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 that. All right, three matches left. OC and Judgment Day, six-man tag team match. Another one that kind of goes straight down the middle here. I could see either team winning. The story is that OC have no one to combat Rhea Ripley. They've teased someone. I don't know, honestly, have any clue who that person would be, if it's a free agent, if it's someone already in the roster. I've said Piper Niven slash Dewdrop. I think that would not make a lot of sense, but she has history with Rhea, and she would be a threat to Rhea, as opposed to bringing in, like, fucking, like, Candice or something. That wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. Um... You know, Mia Yim, they're interested in bringing back. Would people really care in Saudi Arabia about that? I don't think so. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense anyway. Her and Rhea have no history. Um, but I'm going to say OC win this, and it's interesting because we said going into Extreme Rolls, Judgment Day, if they lose here, they're done, they're done, they're done. You know, it's honestly amazing, I'll say this. They've actually done a great job of rehabbing Judgment Day. Like, they have, they're not doing the spooky shit. Dominic's improved a little bit. He's improved enough. Um, the rest of the group is good. They've won a lot of their matches on TV. They stand tall most weeks. I mean, them winning here would be fun. I feel like the OC need to win more than anything, honestly. But I feel like Judgment Day have improved a lot, and they're not the damaged goods that we thought they were a couple of months ago. No, I mean, I completely agree. Like you said, though, it's always with the aftermath. They were literally losing at every turn, whenever it mattered most. Like you said, especially on Raw lately, they, they've stayed tall. They've felt like they've gelled more as a group, so yep. I don't know. If adding Dominic helped in that aspect, they're just like they've had more time together, so they've started to gel a little better. But no, I think they've been great. Um, I mean, Piper never would be great to have her combat Rhea. Seen other people say Raquel. I mean, that'd be pretty cool as well. I oh, mean, okay, that, could make, that could make sense, yeah. She's on SmackDown, but that doesn't really matter. So yeah. I think either them two, either of the two would be great. I mean, I don't think they bring another free agent in. Just, you have good people. Just I agree. Switch your- I, I realistically, I like your idea. I just switched her to Piper Niven and have her go after Rhea. I mean, we know how good she is. She was, you know, she's not a good capable wrestler under Dewdrop. It's just a dumb thing. So. No, yeah. I mean, if they give Nikki Cross her name back, I think Dewdrop's getting Piper Niven back, too. 
Yeah, I agree. So I, that's what, I would have the OC win here. Um, like you said, if you could have, I would say I would go with Piper Niven. So I like that idea. OC wins here. Um, but no, yeah, they've rehabbed the Judgment Day. Great. I think Dominic's been doing great work. Rhea, even Balor and, and, and uh, Priest, I feel like they're starting to come back into their own as a group. So mm-hmm. um, they're doing well. I mean, they have the modern day Eddie Guerrero with them. So <laughs> fucking explode when he said that. Like, amazing heat. I love it. Him and Rhea just have, like, even them two, like, they have a great connection in the group and it's it's really been firing all cylinders lately yeah i don't love the whole mommy thing i think that's a little weird but that's just me i think it seems like most people like it and uh dominic like i said listen he's improved a bit he's not you know ready for the main roster on his own yet if they broke him off on his own he's probably i mean being in the judgment day has helped a lot um but still i think when this when this runs its course it's really the question of whether he sticks around on raw or not but for now i think he's done well and uh we'll see how he holds up in this match and then we get to the top two matches here. Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley, two, from the Royal Rumble earlier this year when Bobby won. This is the rematch. I think Brock wins. Brock lost at SummerSlam. He lost the WrestleMania. He lost at, uh, what was it, the Rumble to Bobby, and he lost to Roman last year at Crown Jewel. He's lost a lot in the last year, a lot more than people remember. So um, he's only won a few, a few different matches, not many. I think maybe at day one and then Elimination Chamber and the Rumble match, which barely counts. Um, but I'm going to say that Brock wins this match and gets back in the winning column. Yeah, I mean, this one's a little bit tougher because, like, Bobby, he did cost Bobby the title. Um, but Bobby has won a lot lately, like you said. I don't think Bobby's, like, buried if he loses, though. No, it's, he's not. Yeah. He's not. I know. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, I, I think Lesnar does need to win more. I mean, obviously, people are just paying attention to see him, and they're, he's all, he'll always be over. But people that have been watching, like you said, he hasn't won probably close to a year at this point. So he does need wins. If you're, try- if you're still going to utilize him to- for what he is, so I-, I-, I would have Brock win here. Yeah, I just think it makes the most sense. I mean, Bobby can be fine, and they can always build to a rubber match. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't have said that six months ago. I would not have said that a year ago because Bobby was in the process of being built up. I'm at a point now where I'm comfortable with Bobby losing matches like this, as long as he doesn't lose like his next six pay-per-view matches. But like, I feel like he's established enough as a main eventer. He's won the title twice. He's won a lot of his matches in the last couple of years, in the last year or two. Um, he was United States champion for a good period of time up until recently. He had a good run. I think he's won enough to where he can afford a loss here, especially if Brock, I, I don't know if it's clean or like maybe it's a no contest. I don't know. Uh, I am hoping for a better match though. That first one was good. Um, I was hoping for a lot better. I was hoping for an all out brawl. We didn't really get that. And I'm hoping we get that here, um, especially with no interference or bullshit or whatever, like from Roman Reigns or Paul Heyman. I'm hoping we just get a straightforward um, hoss fight in this match. And then we get to the main event, Roman Reigns, Logan Paul, Undisputed WWE Universal Championship. I, I will give them this. They're doing a nice job of playing up Paul's, like, oh, one-shot punch. You know, maybe he can punch him and win the title. And I know they're bringing in Jake Paul to be there, like, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I know he won his last fight. So they're going to tell that story. Maybe his brother will do the same thing. What I really like about the feud, the feud itself has been whatever. But I, what I really like about it lately is that Roman has acted offended and frustrated that people are actually talking about Logan as a threat to his title. That rant that he went on in the camera on Monday's Raw when he walked the back was fucking great. I've watched it like three times. It's it's awesome with the music playing in the background and Heyman looking at the camera all confidently with that smug smile of his. It's it's just great. The bloodline stuff with Sammy and everyone else continues to be fucking spectacular. So obviously Roman wins here LOL as he should. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing how this plays out though. 
No, I think this will be a good match. I think they've built it up pretty well uh, from when they started. Like I said, the, the stuff on Raw was great with Roman talking to the camera. And like I said, Heyman kind of like reinforcing it. The whole Bloodline shit, I mean, they're literally like must-see TV right now. Like they're literally tuning in this map on just to watch them. Like the yep. Uzi shit from last week had me on the ground, had my dad dying laughing. <laughs> like, it, it is really good stuff that they're doing, even being on Raw as well. Just Even without the rest of the Bloodline, it, it was good. So... I think this is good for, like I said, they're going to the crown jewel of the Middle East in Riyadh, and it's the perfect match to have there because they love things that we don't love here, so we just give them what we don't want. So we don't want <laughs> Roman versus Logan Paul in the United States, so we'll give it to Riyadh. So there you go. I mean, it is what it is. They like the big spectacle. It's the crown jewel of the Middle East, so you guys get uh, Logan Paul. Yep, and that's what they're getting. Listen, I think the match could be fine. I think Logan Paul can go in there and do well. Listen, we saw him training with The Miz. We were there. We met the guy, and I thought he did a good job against The Miz at SummerSlam. And uh, the main event match, or the main event, the WrestleMania match, the tag match was good too. So if he's training, and I know he is, I've seen videos with him and Sean and him and Helms. It was there at the training session that we were there for. Um, I think he's going to do well, and I think this could be a good match. I think they can gel in the ring. They could tell that story. Oh, I, you know there's going to be that close two count, like one, two, and then two and three quarters. He kicks out, Roman does, and then he wins soon after. I think it's going to be, it, it's one of those matches where it's like the Goldberg match where it works because I know Vince isn't in charge anymore, but you never, like you said earlier, anything can happen, specifically in WWE. Anything can happen. You worry they might do the wrong thing and shock the world by having Logan win. Very Honestly, it's possible. I'm not saying it's going to. It's, it's a long shot, but anything can happen. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes, and I think it's going to be a good match, and Roman's reign continues as we head into war games, and guess what, Mr. Marceau, Survivor Series in three weeks from Saturday. I know you got, you know, your Disney vacation coming up, your birthday soon after that, and then, like I said, Survivor Series in the Marceau compound. I can't wait, brother. I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait. It's going to be a great weekend in uh, the Boston Marceau compound area, so we're looking forward to that. But before the new episodes of the show, every single Thursday, WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora, Amazon Music. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. New episodes every single Thursday. But a lot like last week, Mr. Marceau, I'm going to be flying solo next week. I'll be missing you as you go to Disney World. I look forward to seeing you when you get back and hearing all about it. Yeah, we'll see. Like I said, if there's if rain's in the forecast, you might you might get a last-minute... Uh... <laughs> Last minute guess, we'll see. I shouldn't write you off just yet. We'll yeah, see how it plays out. Yeah, don't unbook me. Yet. I won't unbook you. I won't. I won't book someone else in your place quite yet. Just, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> we'll be, I'll be in contact. So we'll, if anything, we might figure something out. If not, uh, we'll talk the week after. But exactly, yeah. we'll play it by ear. Enjoy Toontown, brother. I'll talk to you soon. All right, later. Adios. <laughs>